We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. One o'clock. Now, I know normally we talk to this guy at noon, but eh, it's the off-season a little travel going on as well for our getaway friend. Day. Uh, getaway day. Listen to you. Tommy Curd of NBC Sports Boston. Tommy is brought to us by Dr. Matthew Lopresti and Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, the hair doctor of Tommy Curran at 1-800-GET-HAIR. Be, uh, by Awaken 180 Weight Loss, become your own success story by dropping the weight holding you back. It starts with just one call to Awaken 180. And by Unified Office, where they help businesses maximize every incoming call at unifiedoffice.com. Tommy Curran with Gresham Fourier on the Harbor One Hotline. Tommy, good afternoon. How you kids doing? Hanging good. in there. Uh, you know, Fourier. Thanks for the patience. Uh, oh, not not a problem at all. Please, you're always patient with us, and it's uh, always good to be able to return the favor a little bit. So Fourier and I were talking earlier. Fourier was of the opinion that given what happened over this past holiday weekend, it's only a matter of time before the NFL figures out how to get Super Bowl weekend to sync up with uh, President's Day weekend. Tommy, you're a TV guy. I think I I blew the whistle on it and said there's only so far that the NFL can push the TV networks. They've got to accommodate the NBA and NASCAR and stuff like that. What do you make of the NFL maybe wanting to add another week before the Super Bowl and the practical application of it for these television networks to slide it back one more week? Oh, they'd be happy as hell. I, I think, and again, I think you are more industry savvy than I am, but I think that just means there's going to be that much more product to sell over the course of from the September now 10th or so until February 20th. So you're going to have that much more product. Remember when they inserted a second bye week years gone by? I think they'd love to do that again and, and create really a national holiday out of it over President's Day. I don't know if the NBA All-Star game moves. I do think that Daytona is always in the same spot, but I think that would be interesting to see. I know that they would love to do that and create that kind of a, you know, leading right into February vacation, uh, just a national Mardi Gras. Yeah, it, yeah I agree with you, and, and, and it's maybe it's just because – I'm not used to not having footballs like the first weekend in a long time where there was nothing going on. So you start thinking about, hey, how can we just keep make this a year-long thing? You know, I mean, I know what that's, doesn't the draft, not the draft, so the combine is next week, right? Get the XFL. Yep. You got the, and then you got the XFL. <laughs> so I would you had say. Riviera. You could watch Riviera. You could watch all your NBA stuff. It was plenty. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, not really. I mean, be game. honest. 
Be honest. Don't forget Fourier. Tommy is an NBA guy as well. So I mean, are we all NBA guys? I mean, like, I mean, just because Tom likes the NBA doesn't make him special. Um, wow. I would, I, what? That wasn't a jab? What do you mean? Right. So, was, Tom, I'd like to apologize for that. I think what driving at, Christian, <laughs> is I watched Denver Nuggets-Sacramento Kings game last year when the Kings stunk on a January Thursday night by choice. Yeah. By choice. That's that's, right. Yeah, then, then, yeah that's, 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 that's the bigger problems with you. So what did you make of the XFL? You know, we did a whole thing about looking at some of the games and looking at some of the, the tiered, you know, extra point system and just the overall product as far as what the NFL could take from there. Do you think there's anything there that eventually the NFL would want to adopt? Absolutely. I think it's a great proving ground the same way the NFL Europe was, and nothing has really replaced NFL Europe in the – Hell, it's probably been 12 to 15 years since it went away. Mm-hmm. So if you treat the XFL not as a competitor, which I don't think that they fancy themselves, but as a feeder system, that's great. And I know that, you know, Don Yee and assorted other folks who've been involved over the past couple of years have been trying to get a smaller 4-16 to 16 West Coast minor league system going because of just the inherent, as you experience right now with your son in Colorado and experienced – 20 years ago when you were in Colorado, just the inherent sliminess of the business of college football. It's a business. Call it a business. Let the kids get paid more than NIL. Let them get salaries. Let them have mobility. So I think that cutting that out in some ways, it's never going to go away, college football. And I know people are have great allegiances to it, but it takes some of the hypocrisy of the sport itself out when guys are able to play for pay even if it's the XFL or any other kind of minor league system. But I definitely think it's a great proving ground for things like that fourth and 15 extra point, for things like Dean Blandino doing real-time challenges and explaining where to spot the ball as opposed to this clandestine feeling of, okay, they just overruled something for the Chiefs because they want the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, Tom, it's interesting that you bring it up that way because you're right, and I think it goes back to – transparency you know plus we love to you know hey how much behind the curtain can we see and hear Mm -hmm. and i thought the dean blandino piece of business was really good i gotta tell you the tiered extra points you know kick it for one you can go for two or you have the option to be able to go for three is that too minor league for the nfl to adopt in your opinion i think it i think it probably could be because you start to starting to bastardize the score itself and actually, ironically enough, on my little getaway here, I'm reading a book on Jim Thorpe, a biography, and realizing that extra uh, field goals used to be four points and touchdowns were five. So we haven't had a lot of change since old Jim Thorpe was cruising around for Carlisle College. <laughs> Leave it the way it is. I don't look. I don't mind an outside the fifty field goal being worth four, but now the outside the fifty field goal, these guys have gotten so good and proficient that you'd almost have to make it an outside the 60 field goal would be bumped to four points. But I, I like anything that makes it more difficult but doesn't turn it into a sideshow. So, uh, Tom, we're talking to Tom E. Kern. And, uh, Tom, how um, – we did a little segment earlier about, uh, you know, a, a report from Albert Breer talking about how the Pats would consider dealing Mac uh, if, uh, if they didn't like – because they didn't like the way he handled last season. What is that relationship like – and do you think that Bill has a problem with Mac and the way he handled himself last year? I haven't yet seen the report specifically, so I'd have to read the wording of it. 
I don't. Well, how do you think? What do you think the relationship real, is like? I think the relationship is probably strained to an extent of, yeah, we screwed up. Yeah, we've made moves to fix the offense, but no, we didn't appreciate the way you began to show up the coaches and the people I put into positions of power. But by the same token, I think they'd have to walk over the owner's dead body to trade Mac Jones. They truly do. Mm-hmm. They, well, well, the reason Mac Jones regressed last year had everything to do with the coaching staff decisions, which were harebrained to begin with. So any misgivings about how Mac Jones looked at the sidelines, he held it in until December. He didn't flip out until the Bills game. Pretty good job by him, if you ask me. Yeah, uh, and that was, that was going to be my sorry, Gresh. That was no, gonna be my next question is just, I mean, how many real examples do we do? Uh, is there of him really kind of losing his, you know what, and being getting frustrated? It seems like that people are just making it seem like there's more than there actually are. I wonder how many outward. I mean, we saw the outward one. You know, stop with the bleeping quick game, um, waving back at the sideline. Those happened. There was the Arizona game. I think there was some gesturing toward the sideline as well. He slammed a pad down during the preseason, during the Raiders preseason game, when he already could see that it was going sideways. But really, he cut it out. But what were his what were his meeting attitudes like? What were his practice attitudes like? Did he give the high hat to Matt Patricia and Joe Judge to the point where Bill feels he was insubordinate? And if Bill feels he was insubordinate, does Bill then look introspectively and say, okay, well, how much do I share the responsibility for getting a kid in his second year of a four-year contract? Really, it's a four-year contract he's on. And the Patriots just really pissed away one of the years. This year he's going to make 4.25. Next year he makes 4.92. They want to pick up his fifth-year option. It jumps to about 30. When he's making $4 million, when in 700 days he's going to be making either 30 or 45 is nuts or you're going to move on from him well that you know and and i know that you kind of touched on this tom sort of laying out the stakes for this year with mac jones independent of the team i mean he's got a ton of money on the line and i really wonder if there is any way that mac jones can satisfy the fans if the Patriots say, you know what, we are going to pick up that option, if for anything else, it's much more economically doable to pay a guy $30 million than $45 million. Yeah, and it's guaranteed. And that's approximating from over the cap who, who does a great job with those mm-hmm. things. I wrote a story about it on NBCSportsBoston.com. But you can read all about that there. But when you look at the decision to be made, I wouldn't pick it up. I'd do what the Giants are doing. I would play it out. I mean, Daniel Jones is not better than Mac Jones. I watched it during training camp last year. I don't know if you guys were there as well during some of those practices, the joint practices with the Giants. He outplayed Daniel Jones by 30%. And I know one guy had Joe Judge, and the other guy had Josh McDaniels. I'm not sure who the uh, OC was for, for the Giants last year, but suffice to say, Mac Jones is probably better than Daniel Jones, who still hasn't put together a year where you go, wow, he's really good. So I'd play it the same way with Mac, but have to understand that when it gets to, and we to, we're talking about this now, it's not premature. They have to pick up his or decide on his fifth-year option in May of 2024. So that's 14 months away, really. So 
That's why it's so critical. I'd play it out, though, and keep throwing darts and keep seeing who gets released and winds up on, you know, free agency wires because, to me, he hasn't separated enough to make himself a $35 million a year quarterback. What can he do? Just be proficient. I think that was the initial question. I'm sorry I never answered it. No, no, you got to it, though. So last one for me. So the franchise tags numbers came out, and it looks like Jacoby Myers is – Close to $20 million a year if they decide to franchise tag him. Jonathan Jones is around 18.4. I mean, kind of needless to say, neither one of those guys are going to get franchised. Yes, needless to say. And I would imagine Jacoby's probably around half of that. And I thought, look, he's made $6 million in the NFL so far in his four seasons. And you've gotten pretty good production out of him. He's walk him out there and he's going to get you 70 catches, 700 yards, three or four touchdowns. Is that not $20 million production, but for wide receivers right now, that might be 10 or $11 million production. So if you just suck it up and say, here, here's a four-year, $44 million contract. We'll be out of you for eight years and $50 million by the time we're done. And I know that's not the way it's done, but does that not make sense to you guys business-wise? I mean, it uh, It sounds good, you know, getting everybody to, to play ball on that. That'll be the interesting part, but Tommy, what you say is not crazy at all. Our friend Tom Kern of NBC Sports Boston. Enjoy the downtime, friend. We'll catch you next week. Thank you. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. I'll see you. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.